My name is Tim Daniel, and welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to a fantastic edition of Late Night Reds here on the Riverfront, which if you are checking us out on YouTube live tonight and are not subscribed to the YouTube Riverfront channel, you might want to do that because we're giving away some baseball tickets to a game in July. And you have until Friday to enter. So it all it takes is a quick subscription and let us know your Twitter handle so we know how to find you. Uh, I'm Tim Daniel. As you know, each and every week, I got the usual crew hanging out here in the chat. I'm so excited. Even after a couple losses, we're going to have a lot of fun today. Uh, joining me this week, I'm really excited about this. This is actually like my, my best friend in the whole world. Uh, this is the best man at my wedding. This is a guy who's been my business partner for six years in the 40 Minutes Basketball Network. Um, and I brought Sean on this week, not as someone who's going to give us a deep dive in analytics of baseball, but someone who has been stricken by Red's fever and is like really, really falling in love with the club again. So I want to have some fun with him. So everyone say hey to my good friend, Sean Mackey. Hey, everybody. You already have Pat Magooch. Pat Magooch has already accepted you, so therefore you are in. Thanks, Pat. Yeah. Sydney says, what's up to Sean? Uh, so, Sean, before we kind of get into stuff, um, I kind of want to kind of show your background. So, like I kind of mentioned, one of the big reasons I wanted to have Sean on was, like I said, this isn't someone who's like going to come to us and talk to us about, like, why did David Bell do this in the seventh inning? Uh, though we're going to get to a lot of that. Uh, Sean is someone who is like all of a sudden been texting me every day about, like, whoa, this is really fun. This is really awesome. Ellie De La Cruz is insane. Matt McLean rules. I love Jonathan India. So I had to get Sean on because you, like a lot of the you know, a lot of the a lot of the city of Cincinnati are like, holy crap, these dudes are a lot of fun. I'm watching my language. Chad told me I had to be careful with my language. He actually didn't tell me that. I just told him I would. Uh, so I'm not saying the SHIT word this week. I'll try not to say it either. It sometimes when we talk Chicago Bulls basketball on the other pod, I I let it fly a little bit too much. So mm -hmm. hopefully that doesn't happen. But uh, man, thanks for having me on here. This is what an exciting time to not only be a Cincinnati Reds fan, but just a Cincinnati sports fan in general. Like we've been waiting years for this. And uh, to see these young guys going out there every night and just having fun and taking it to good ball clubs. I mean, it's been incredible. I mean, we had a we had a streak. It couldn't last forever. I'm sad that it ended up falling apart on the game that we went to yesterday. But you know what? Braves, pretty good team. Yeah, pretty they're pretty team. awesome. Yeah. So you know, you know what? It's it's cool. You know, if you if you sweep the Astros, that's a pretty big deal. You know, coming off that, uh, yeah. it can't last forever. And they and they still got one. They still got one. So, in like um, the best regular season baseball game of all time. Oh yeah. Friday's game was, and it was stupid. Friday's game was one of it. You're right. It might've been the best regular season Reds game ever. It was incredible. You got your, you got your full cycle. You got yeah. your, your Votto. I mean, it was, it was really something. It was really something. And the come from behind, you know, which is becoming their, their more uh, regular thing. So, um, but yeah, just what a time to, to be alive in Cincinnati. Yeah. So, um, I've also been trying to push for Sean to become a crossover and become a member of, uh, the MLB, the show community. So those in my chat tonight, make sure you push it on Sean to buy the show and start playing a good sports game with us all. Okay. Joey Gaditza, I'm looking at you specifically, um, because I know that up in Canada, you are rocking on the MLB, the show. Uh, so we will make sure we get to that for, uh, before we do get into some red stuff, want to make sure I give a quick shout out for those of us who uh, are not keeping up with minor league baseball, which is none of us nowadays, uh, shout out the Chattanooga lookouts who are postseason bound for winning the first half of the Southern league North division. So they have clinched their spots in this year's Southern league postseason in the, in the double a. So what an awesome Awesome, awesome way to start the year. Um, it was pretty cool. And then it looks like, uh, you know, quite a few guys, Larkin said today, Connor Phillips and uh, Arroyo look like they're going to be called up to Louisville uh, since they have now cleaned out the first half of the year. But really exciting times down in Chattanooga. Uh, as we know, the, the Bats have had a really great year too. Um, I loved what Joel Luckup did today where he talked about, like all these guys in the current Reds roster who either spent time or went back to Louisville uh, this year. 
were able to like just kind of find something and hit really well when they came back to the big league roster. Uh, so that was pretty awesome. Branch Brown in the building. How are you, my friend? Good to see you. Hey, man, it's all right. We didn't see you yesterday. We will. I know we'll see you when next time you're in town for sure. Uh, I saw you got some Dixie Chili action in today, though. So kudos to that, my friend. I uh, really have been craving that lately. I need to get to get over there. What what an underrated chili in the area, too. Yeah. We don't talk about it enough. Agreed. If they want to sponsor me, um, I'll stop eating Skyline. Oh, whoa. Whoa. Well, let's not get carried away here. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. <laughs> All right. So let's, uh, let's just recap the week real quick. Obviously, you know, they talked about it quite a bit Thursday on the riverfront during the Rocky series, but um, Joey comes back and hits a nice homer on Monday, uh, Tuesday, the game I went to uh, where I met Sydney, I met Sydney at that game. Uh, so we got to put some homers from Friedel from Ellie and Will Benson. And that was pretty awesome. Uh, Wednesday, Andrew Abbott has a 10 strikeout game. Jake Fraley has a big home run. Uh, Friday, like we talked about, which we're going to get into a little bit deeper later. Uh, Ellie De La Cruz hits for the cycle. Joey Votto hits two home runs. Joey Votto hit two home runs in a game, and it's not even the top story. It's uh, kind of fascinating when you talk about Friday. Uh, yesterday, the game Sean and I attended uh, did not go our way um, as there were some very, very questionable decisions. Uh, Sydney, I uh, definitely appreciate that you shout that out. I got some photos I'm sharing later in the show, not to spoil anything, of my daughter's first game. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited to show those. Um, so I definitely appreciate that you call her a good luck charm. And um, I will say that for those who were on Twitter this week, what I meant to say is my, my, the Reds are six and one when my wife is in attendance at the ballpark is what I meant. And that came off very horribly wrong. So I was responding to Sydney's tweet and crossing a lot of uh, traffic to get back to my car and tweeting really fast. So uh, when they're in attendance, when she's in attendance, they do really well. Um, so yeah, yesterday we got Fraley and Benson hitting two big home runs in the ninth inning to fight back. Um, Rysel Iglesias did not look too good this week, but got to celebrate two saves that looked really goofy. And then today, uh, Matt McClain has a huge day, four of five, three doubles, as Sydney put it to me on Twitter, three Mick doubles, and also had a home run. Uh, but some really big WTF decisions made with the line, as we're going to get to. Uh, so, Sean, you know, obviously, like you said earlier, all good things must come to an end. This was an awesome win streak. A fun week of Reds baseball. Um, I was, you know, being at the game where they hit the 10th, 10 straight wins was awesome. We got to La Rosa's Pizza on the last out of the game. Shout out Alexis Diaz. Um, but this was, yeah, this was a pretty awesome week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, a streak like this. I mean, this was uh first time they'd done something like this since 1957. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and the all-time record was 14, and it was in 1890. So, pretty pretty good for this young club. Um, I am, you know, I, I'll say this. I am, Ellie De La Cruz has been amazing. I mean, I know he's mm -hmm. been kind of the guy that everybody's been talking about. McLean has been just unreal, unreal. And Votto coming back, just everything just feels good with Votto back too. So it there's, and it feels like there's like some continuity there. It's yeah. kind of bridging the old with the new and he's not like coming in, you know, like the, the, the old timer who, you know, deserves respect. He's just fitting in with these guys and he's supporting them. And you just, you got to love everything that Joey does for this team. So I'm, I am just thrilled with the way everything went, you know, it, it kind of sucks to come out, you know, down two losses during the weekend, but these guys have got to be tired, man. Like I, <laughs> yeah. like, I, I know we were talking about this on the way home from the game yesterday, but it's like being a baseball player. I mean, like you just don't get any days off. Like it is just go, go, go. I mean, coming off the Friday, the late Friday night game coming into a, you know, a, was a four ten start for yeah. the Saturday game and then doing a one forty start today. I mean, you're just going, going, going. And like to be able to keep that momentum up uh, through the amount of games that they were able to keep up. It's just, it's just really, really incredible. And uh, you know, I'm happy that I live in Cincinnati and I can root for these guys and I can, I can hop back on the bandwagon. Cause you can do that. If you live in the city, you can right. do that. Right. If you live in the city, like I got a friend at work who just, you know, like seven years ago was like, I'm going to be, you know, 
I'm going to be a Patriots fan. I'm going to be a Brady fan. And I'm like, it's a little late. Yeah, it's a little it's a little late to do that. So, uh, you know, I think you can you can jump back on. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, the big thing right now, I want to see this team get into the playoffs. We need the playoffs this year. We got to do it. I was just I was just quickly glancing over playoff history from the Reds over the last 25 years. And, oh, I just, yeah. I forgot. I, you forget how abysmal it's been. So this is huge. This is huge. Yeah. The 99 team was so unbelievably fun and just like, it broke my heart. Like I don't normally hold sports grudges, but Al Leiter like is on my shit list for etern- my shoot list. Sorry, Chad, uh, for eternity, <laughs> um, for, uh, for the 1999 one game wild card. Uh, but yeah, the playoffs, you know, it, the fact that we're having this conversation is so cool. Uh, I want to mention real quick uh, today, Randy Wynn got to pitch two and a third inning. So like Randy Wynn is like the real life version of uh, the rookie, which I know is based on a true story, but uh, I don't think Randy Wynn's going to have Dennis Quaid play him and he do his one facial expression in a movie. You know, this one, <laughs> I don't think, I don't think that's going to happen, Ooh. but what a story for this guy, man. So um, Kyle body who used to be part uh, working with the reds, as a pitch uh, as a pitching coordinator in the minors who was like drawn a lot of fans who don't like him anymore. Uh, but that's not the part we're talking about here. Talked about when they signed Randy, Wynn, he was 26 and they signed him out of inner out of independent league ball. Um, and then, so he pitches like some innings in single a, and he's like 27 years old in single a, which, you know, is like pretty, you know, pretty high up there in age. Um, and then the pandemic happens and he's like basically sitting there waiting for the call that he's going to get cut and they're just going to move forward without him because of his age. But, you know, he's like, I'm 28 years old. I haven't been a double A yet. Like I, I probably don't have a shot at the big leagues. So I guess he gets the call during COVID and they're like, Hey dude, like work on your secondary pitches and we're going to have you go to double A when minor league play, like, play starts. So 21, he goes to double A and he's awesome. Like he's really, really good. Uh, so this year, you know, he's in AAA with Louisville. He's really, really good again, um, getting guys out of the bullpen. So today, you know, it's announced like this morning that he's getting put on the big league roster uh, due to the Ben Lively injury and everything else has kind of happened. And and I'm like really, you know, a really tight game, really much much needed situation where you got to rely on your bullpen because Levi Stout only goes about three innings, uh, which you kind of understood as well. Uh, the dude gives you two and a third of this really, really good baseball, man. Uh, it was, it was really, really good. So um, I, I thought, you know, what a cool story for him to be on a competitive first place. Play. That's the other thing that's different than the, the rookie is when Jimmy Williams went to the, to the Rays, they were not the Rays of today. They were the abysmal Tampa Bay devil Rays. Uh, so he's got that up on Jimmy Williams as well. Jimmy Morris. I don't freaking remember. I just remember Dennis Quaid doing this. Um, man, forgot all about that movie to be completely honest with you. That's yeah. I don't even know if I've totally, seen it pop up on Disney plus totally forgot about that one. Yeah. Uh, definitely did not make it to our, our riverfront baseball movie draft that Chad Dotson is still very mad at us about. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, so Zach, I wonder if there's like articles on it per se with you asking why fans don't like bot anymore, but it feels like, and I'm just kind of talking all vibes. Um, it feels like, there's some uh, unhappiness towards him with how he left the system, how he left the organization. Um, but I think like the organization probably needed him for what we're seeing now. Um, but yeah, you know, I just kind of wanted to talk about that. Uh, Sydney, I have zero playoff memories. I was at game four in 2012. Um, so I don't ever want to remember that ever again. Um, so we'll go with that. But yeah, fun week. Really, really cool. You know what made this week super fun, Sean? Is Joseph Daniel Votto returned to the big league club. And I was telling you when I was in Louisville covering the bats uh, that one game that he was swinging the bat really well. He had like a 104 off the bat on a single to right field that just bounced in front of the right fielder. Um, He was, you know, really aggressive. His swing looked smooth. Uh, it It was really, really nice. So to see him come up here, I kind of talked about this with Chad on Monday's uh, emergency podcast. We did talk about his return where 
I wasn't necessarily surprised that he did this because I got a glimpse. I got a little bit of a sneak preview at it the day I was in Louisville. Um, but since he came back, I did not expect he was going to come out there and hit three home runs and score four runs. Uh, you know, he's got a 435 on base, 778 slugging, three homers, seven RBI. He scored four runs. Uh, he had that awesome situation in Colorado where he gets hit by two pitches. And one of them, you can definitely tell he dipped his elbow into it to get on base. And I swept out the tweet uh, that said, Joey Votto is the ultimate run creator. And that got a couple laughs. So I, I appreciated that. Um, but you mentioned uh, what you said earlier that uh, having Joey back just it feels right. Everything feels right in the world. And Joey Votto is wearing a red jersey. Uh, so this was pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah, he uh, he he looks great out there. He looks absolutely great. Um he, I'm glad he's I'm glad he's back, man. I, I've missed watching this guy play. It's it feels like forever since I've seen him on a baseball field. Um, even though it hasn't been that long, but like it feels like forever. Uh but uh just hitting the ball well. Uh I just he's just he's such a good character guy for this team. Yeah, and he's such a culture fit with the team, too. You know, a lot of times when a a guy of Joey Votto's caliber, you know, leaves and then comes back and he's not, you know, you know, the big dude anymore, or, you know, the one that everyone's there to see, uh, it kind of messes with that player and not with him, man. He's just a, he's a team guy and, and just, like I said, good culture, dude. Yeah. Jared, Jared on vital has a great point here, by the way, Jared on vinyl. Sean is an incredibly, incredibly impressive vinyl collector. Uh, you guys should probably link up. So you'd, you'd appreciate him. <laughs> Um, but you know, what he says here is I always thought to worry about Votto and AAA was dumb. We know who he is. He's looking to see pitches and get a feel for the game and every possible outcome. He wasn't looking to put up stats. That's a hundred percent, right? Like that first out, that first stint when early, like, you know, when the start of the year down there, you know, like wasn't going well. Um, and you know, he just like, didn't feel like himself yet. And this last one, this last week or two, like down there, he just kind of found his groove again. He hit that huge Homer, the deep center. And, um, yeah, I thought for the most part, he's looked great. I mean, he struck out on some pitches since he came up, but like, you know, it's baseball. You're going to strike out. Um, I thought that, you know, his at-bats have looked really good today. Uh, that walk, you know, he drew two walks to start the game. Uh, we're going to get into the pinch hit situation, uh, later in the show. So I don't want to talk, talk about too much in this segment, but life is good when Joey Votto is on the big league roster and on your team. And I really hope that he is also going to be on the big league roster next year, even if, you know, at a cheaper price, so he can still be here. He seems to have interest in staying here and ending his career here. The franchise seems to have interest in keeping him around. Um, and we talked about this uh, last week, Ben and I did where everyone was like, well, like, I don't want him taking that batch from Spencer Shear. I don't want him taking a batch from this guy or that guy. And it's like with the defensive flexibility, this team is playing they don't need to like worry about that. You know, today he DH yesterday played first base, Spencer Shear play in the outfield, um, you know, this, that, and the other. So I don't think it's much of a worry here. Um, real quick. I forgot to put it in there. I know again, they touched on it for a little bit on Friday's show, the riverfront, but um, Will Myers getting designated for assignment was like the most ballsy Nick crawl move. I think I've ever heard of all time. And I loved it because most of the time when they signed these guys to big term deals, like, like Will Myers was their highest signed free agent. It's a situation where it's like, well, we have to force him to have at bats. And when he got hurt, it got into a situation where it's like, there's no place for him to have at bats. And so that was well, kind of like awesome. And like, not against Will Myers. Like I hate that he lost his job. He seemed like a great dude. Like I was, I thought it was going to be a great signing for the team. Um, but yeah, that was, that was really, really interesting to see, but yeah, Pat, that's definitely something I could see. I could see Will Myers next week suiting up in San Diego, playing the Reds in Cincinnati. Uh, that's definitely something I could see. You also mentioned, yeah, Will Benson, who we're going to talk about for a second here later also has been tremendous. Uh, Jared, I think you're right. If he wants to play next year, I have a hard time really seeing Joey play anywhere else. I know Toronto's always talked about. But I don't think they're going to be able to pitch to Vlad Guerrero Jr. Like, hey man, we're bringing in Joey Votto, uh, and you've got to you've got to sit there and you know, or like even to Joey, like, hey, we'd love to have you in, but we have Vlad Jr. 
So you're probably not going to play as much as you want. And so I don't, I don't really see that happening. Um, yeah. DFA Weaver, we're going to get to get the pitching, but um, Sean, we got to talk about this because this was unbelievable. We talked about Friday's game being one of the greatest freaking games. Maybe the best game in Great American Ballpark history. Um, and I say that as someone who attended two no-hitters at Great American Ballpark, one was a good thing. One was very much not a good thing. Um, but Ellie De La Cruz, holy mackerel. Um, dude, just, you know, you've run out of adjectives to talk about him at this point already, and we're only like 17 games into his big league career. Uh, so he starts Friday off in the first inning. He hits that double. It's just like bounce. Like our buddy who Texas said that he was in 303 and it slammed off the wall. You could hear it bouncing off the wall. Um, his next at bat, he hits the homer. And that was like, you know, a lot of people were like, ah, oh, it didn't look like it was gone. And, but you know, if you listen to Brantley's call, the Cowboys like this ball is crushed. So, uh, that was kind of funny. Um, and then you've got the single RBI single and the triple was like the most exciting part. Cause you like we're now oh, you're at yeah. the point where you're like, okay, so he's a triple away. We've had so many times that someone's been this close to doing it. Right. Uh, I can remember so many games where someone's like, they're a double away. They're a triple away. Um, and he hits the ball into the gap and you see him on second base, get around the corner. You go, Oh my God, there's, this is really going to happen. And he slides in. And um, if you guys are in the chat and you were at the game Friday, if anyone was, please just tell me what the crowd was like uh, that because I can only imagine I went, like I said, we went Saturday, so we didn't get to be there for the cycle. Um, but just like, you know, the electricity or the electricidad, you know, funny enough that people are just talking about with Ellie De La Cruz, uh, Pat McGooch in the chat says Ellie De La News of the weekend and, you know, a thousand percent. It's just so amazing. Um, it's just, it's, it's so awesome. Well, and, and I know this is kind of a dumb detail, but I love when a, when a, when a team starts wearing a new uniform and like a star player does something amazing in it and then just solidifies the uniform as part of the lore of the team. And yeah. I feel like the city, you know what I mean? Like, and I hate these jerseys, but like LeBron James winning, you know, the NBA title in the, the sleeved Jersey, like, it's a terrible jersey, but like it's there now. Like we we're always gonna see that. Um, so I think he kind of it was kind of one of those cool games where they were wearing their new unis and just everything felt right. It was a Friday night, and everything everything's just been incredible for Ellie De La Cruz. Also, how have we not come up with a nickname for him? Can we call him Run DLC? I think that's been made. I've seen t-shirts. Okay, with that. okay, we we that that has to we got to make that real because that just feels right at this yeah. point. Um, um going back to the the triple the other night getting the trip getting a triple is so hard period i let alone like. in that ballpark yeah oh yeah yeah and and he is <laughs> you know it's one of those things and, and we saw it on the game that we we went to as well like the thing that's so interesting about him is how many errors this guy creates for other teams yeah like they are flat out terrified of him running at this point, just flat out terrified. And I just, I love seeing the fear that he puts in them to just completely screw up the play that they're on. Yeah. Zach here talks about, you have Cruz doing something not done since Eric Davis on Friday. And then today, Matt McLean does something that hasn't been done since Chris Sabo. So Whoa. yeah, it's, it's incredible. I was at the game Tuesday, uh, like we talked about, and there's a point in the game where Ellie's on second and you can tell the pitcher is like, I just have to keep him close to the bag. I just have to keep him close to the bag and just chucks the ball into center field, trying to pick him off. And it was like, Oh my God. Like it is like, you know, so, you know, we were around for Billy Hamilton and Billy Hamilton could definitely make people nervous. He's on the base path, but obviously was not a hitter, you know, could not no, consistently not at all. put the bat on the ball. Um, you know, and like, so you see like Drew Stubbs, who I love to death, you know, Drew Stubbs never consistently hit, uh, the way that any of us wanted him to, but you know, it was a guy when he got on the bases, made people nervous. He was fast. Uh, this is like a whole different level of fast. And, you know, the only person I think in a red jersey you might be able to compare this to is like Dion. Dion. Yeah. Dion. That was, was it. Dion, 
at 97, when you would see Dion get on base and you were at Riverfront Stadium, you knew something wild was about to happen. You didn't yeah. know if it was good or bad, but you knew something insane was about to happen. And it was like, that was that's the vibes you get with Ellie, who obviously can also hit for 45 home runs. Um, so you know, that makes it hard too. You know, Jared says, I'm convinced Ellie will hit for at least one cycle every season. <laughs> it's hard he to could. not believe that. Like, yeah. So when, when Chad was on here uh, two Sundays ago, I was like, are we looking at the second coming of Ricky Henderson, this power speed combination? And Chad's like, it's amazing that we're talking about this guy considering he's played six big league games and you're comparing yeah. him to the greatest base stealer of all time. It's like, but also great, he great he leadoff hitter too. Yeah. He deserves to have that conversation. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. It well, was, it was, I mean, it, he just, he just makes it look so easy. And when you're six, five and he, you know, weighs a little over 200 pounds, like he's just, he's light on the feet, man. He can run. He's great at sliding. Like he's just, he's just an innovative dude, man. I just, I love to see him out there doing his thing. If, but if he gets a, you get him on, on first or second, man, you gotta, you gotta watch him. He's, uh, he's looking to steal every base he can. And and we're all for it here in Cincinnati. Yeah. Joey Gaditza says he will win someone that Toyota Tundra. Um, <laughs> what's, what's it. the, what, what's the stipulation with the Toyota tr- Tundra? I'm a Reds player has to hit the sign, the Toyota sign. Uh, that's like between the stacks. Has anyone ever done it? Uh, I think Dunner did it. Okay. Um, I remember I went to the batting practice one time before a game. And uh, this is when the, the half year Dontrell Willis played for the Reds. Cause you know, he was like an unbelievable hitting pitcher. Um, and he once during batting practice hit one off of a stack. Oh, branch said Jesse Winker did it. Okay. I don't remember that. I totally believe he did it, but I don't remember that. Um, I totally forget. So who, so who gets the truck? Does, did Winker get the truck? Who gets so, the truck? So they say it like during like an inning. They're like, if someone hits the truck here, Bob Jones from Burlington, Kentucky will be getting the Okay, truck, so. so it's so a, a random person that's in attendance will receive the, the vehicle. They enter some contests. I don't know the full details. Branch or Jet Sydney might know. Um, Pat Magooch apparently said he's going to poop in the tundra. Um, that's, that's fine. <laughs> um, but... Uh, let's get to, so look this weekend, I know they lost two games to, you know, probably the favorites to win the national league. Uh, I know some people will probably say the Dodgers, but I think the Braves are better than the Dodgers right now. Um, look, the Reds went toe to toe with the best team in the league. And I'm fully convinced right now that I think the Reds can play with anybody. I think this Baltimore series this week is fascinating because it's the mirror image of the Reds, right? It's all these top tier prospects coming up at once and winning. Um, so, okay. So city clarified, you sign up at your local Toyota dealer. I'm not a truck guy. So, you know, whoever wins it, I hope Ellie gets it for him. Uh, but what, what really kind of shocked me this week, what kind of scratches my head was, um, and look, guys, I've been a guy who has been very pro David Bell. I've never been like fire him. I've never been like pissed off at the world. I don't always love the decisions he's made, but that's what kind of I want to talk about in this segment is there are some things that he did this week that I really don't understand when it came to putting the lineup together. And I just wanted to highlight a couple of them. I'm not saying they're right or wrong. These are just things I've seen people like talk about. Uh, so Friday. Will Benson, who has crushed you know, right-handed pitching since he came back from, from Louisville, sits the whole game Friday. You know, I guess. Um, but, you know, so that was kind of scratch, I scratched to me. Granted, you know, they won, and it was obviously an incredible game. But, you know, if I told you Will Benson's facing a right-handed pitch, you're thinking he, probably, he might get a double or a homer or something in that game. Um, so there's that. Uh, yesterday, you know, Tyler Stevenson gets a day off. I'm not against Tyler Stevenson getting a day off, but I guess a left-handed pitcher where he's sitting, you know, he's got an OPS of like 770 against left-handed wow. pitching. Wow. Wow. Can't have that. Can't have nope. that. He's got to be in the lineup that day. Um, Nick Senzel, who, look, I, we all know I'm as pro Senzel as it gets. I wore a Nick Senzel jersey to the game yesterday. All right? I might have been the only person in he the did. ballpark wearing he did. it. Um, but we know what he is. Left-handed pitching crushes it right-handed pitching not so much uh so in a situation where they take the left-handed starter out they bring in a right-hander 
Senzel, you know, they don't sub him. They you know they don't sub for Earl Benson and they don't, you know, Jake Fraley's off the bench as well. Uh, which will, you know, they both come in and what do you know in the ninth inning, they both hit home runs to make it a one run game. Uh, so that was, that was interesting. Um, Kevin Newman though, gets at bats against right-handed pitching. That was baffling as well. Uh, so we'll get to that as well. And then today it gets even weirder. Uh, I thought the lineup to start the game was fine. Really dug it. You know, I knew Jonathan News in the day off. David talked about like he knew once the winning streak was over, he was going to give him a rest day. Uh, India, I think we can all say at this point, it's just not a three-hole hitter. Uh, he's got a 125 weighted runs created plus with the bases empty. He's your leadoff guy. He needs to go back to your leadoff guy. I love TJ Friedel. Love him. He can hit second. I don't have an issue with that whatsoever. But I just don't think the three-hole is the perfect spot for India in the lineup, and we're starting to see this more and more. So that's a different story. So today... You know, I don't, you know, today they have a situation where they bring in a left-handed pitcher to face Joey and India has the day off. They pinch hit India for Joey here. And I don't necessarily hate the idea of this, but I found it fascinating. And I'm sure there's part of Joey that was a little irritated. I know what he said, like, you know, what was said to what Jim Day said. He said where he just tapped India on the shoulder and said, go get him. I'm sure that that was not something that Joey loved that happened, but you know, as a team player, um, Kevin Newman loses today, grounding in a double play against a right-handed pitcher has three big at bats this week. Um, that just really fascinated me. Uh, Levi stout who, you know, we knew they were going to get they, you know, David said he's going to get from as much as he could and probably would, you know, I only, only went three innings, but that was that third inning was really shaky and, you know, put this res in a situation where they had to come back again. And, um, you know, one of the thing I didn't list here is uh, the Ian Jabo thing where I know everyone's going to be like, he threw a good pitch to Matt Olson. Matt Olson just got a hold of it. Yeah. But he also walked Austin Riley to get to Matt Olson and make it a three, make it a three run situation. And then the Alexis Diaz usage today where they're down two runs, Alexis Diaz, who's like gassed. You can just tell it's just gassed, uh, comes in and, you know, walks the guy in, walks walks to two guys, brings so brings the runner in on a walk. It was just a, it wasn't a fantastic David Bell weekend. And <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people who really kind of I've seen people, a lot of people, not just Reds people, but in general, um, I know, but it would have been ball four regardless, Sydney. I know it was a hit by pitch, but still, uh, Ian Jabot, look. Chad and I talked about this where we feel like the bullpen's kind of being held on by like a rubber band or chewing gum that's kind of sticking it together. I know they've been really good, but like if you look at what's there, which we're going to get to here in a second, but um, I just thought David Bell kind of had situations where he kind of overthought and outmanaged himself. If you look at how he managed in the Astro series, I thought he was tremendous in the Astro series. I thought every decision he made made a ton of sense. It helped the team out. It was awesome. Uh, the Rangers series in April managed the series so well. Did such a great job. Um, you know, the Cardinals series, I know they, they only they won two of the three, but he was awesome in that series too. The decisions he was making, you know, it, it was such a chronic situations, uh, who he was bringing in to face who. Um, loved, loved all of it. But this was just a weird, 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 weird week. Like, you know, if you rely so much on Alexis Diaz, which I get it, you have to. Um, and I am all for, I don't care about closer. I, I do not care about that the, that being a name on a role. To me, I care about getting the most important three outs. Uh, but, dude, Alexis Diaz probably needs to put his arm in, like, ice this whole, like, charter plane ride to Baltimore. Like, and so it's awesome. And like, you know, Zach brings up a great point here. His patience with the young town is great, but he's, and he's got hard decisions to make. So like, but it's like, what is the thought process here? Um, you know, I think we all got really irritated at Dusty when he wasn't playing Devin Mesoraco a lot, right? He was starting right hand to get over him. And so that makes this like all kind of like interesting and fascinating. We're kind of going through that kind of similar situation at times, but 
I just feel like he kind of managed himself out of a couple wins this week with some of the decisions he made. Um, I'm not anti the whole, like, I know a lot of people, I feel like Joey Votto's earned the respect to face a lefty there. I get the baseball strategy side of it to have India come in, but I don't know. It was just not the most comforting weekend. I think the Will Benson, Jake Fraley, Tyler Stevens stuff yesterday really kind of where it was what was frustrating for me. How long has Bill been there now? How long has he been with the team? This is fifth year. Fifth season. Okay. You wouldn't think that there's any pressure on him this season with what they have. going. I, I didn't think so either. No, no. I think he probably coming, thought it. Com- yeah. Coming off last yeah. year with a hundred losses and. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm kind of, unf- like I said, I'm, I'm just dipping back into this. So I'm the, the manager situation. I know, I think I asked you a couple weeks back who was, and I remember he was managing them a couple years ago, but I wasn't sure he was still there to be honest with you after last season. But um, whew, yeah, you were, uh, you were, you didn't seem very happy uh, after the end of Saturday's game. You were questioning a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not anti him at all. I genuinely really like him. Um, I think he's done a good job with what he's been handed. Like anyone who wants to be mad at him for the years they've lost, like look at the bullpens he's had his years here. They've all been brutal. This is the best one he's had. And your most reliable pitcher, not named Alexis Diaz and Lucas Sims is Alex Young, who I like Alex Young, but Alex Young is not Sean Marshall. Alex Young is not Norm Charlton. You know what I mean? Like all these like Lupinella had, you know, we're never going to have another nasty boys. Probably not. I think the 2012 yeah. with Broxton, Marshall, and Chapman was the closest we'll ever get yep. to it. Yep. Uh, but I think that there's a lot of situations here. So Sydney says if he's going to be pro splits and he's a commit, I agree. I agree. Um, but yeah, so Zach says here, his family has deep ties to Cincinnati. He does have a good baseball mind. You don't become an MLB manager if you don't know the game. I definitely agree that he is a good baseball mind. I just think some of the decision making is really eye scratch, is really head scratching. Um, yeah, Buck Farmer has been really solid for this team, but he's another guy that's like, is he pitching over his head? Because at some point, this could potentially come crashing down. This is why, like, I've been so pro bringing Chapman back, um, and talking about that. And you know, that brings us to the theme of this week's show get the pitching, get the pitching, get the pitching. Everyone say it with me. All right. So <laughs> this is what we saw this week from our starters. Brandon Williamson on Monday going five innings, Ben Lively on Tuesday going four innings. And then apparently going on the IL with a strain pectoral muscle. Uh, Andrew Abbott. Absolutely awesome. Absolutely awesome on Wednesday. Uh, but Luke Weaver on Friday, we know, we know like when Luke Weaver is on the mound, the idea is don't give up too much where the team can't come back on offense. And so, you know, he kind of did that. He did throw 45 pitches in the first inning on Friday. That was not ideal. Um, yesterday with Doug, with Graham Ashcraft, I know there's a lot of like the reports out there where his, you know, his stuff looked solid, but it's his first start back. I'm confident that he's going to find his way. I have not lost out in Graham Ashcraft. Um, I'm going to give him the benefit of being his first game back, but there was definitely some stuff where it's like you could tell he was getting back in the groove. Uh, and then today, Levi Stout, you knew what that was. Um, I knew we all were kind of watching to see what was going on in double A with Connor Phillips because he got pulled early in the first inning. And Doug Gray talked about the fact that uh, he didn't look injured or anything. They just took him out after 35 pitches in the first. I guess it was more a situation where I guess he might be going to Louisville after the look- lookouts clinched the Southern League. Um, but yeah, Zach Howard, you have a great point. Luke Weaver is the Reds equivalent of the sacrificial lamb. Um, and like in six games this week, six games, the bullpen threw 28 and two thirds innings. That is a lot for six games. Um, so that's kind of the situation we knew, you know, and then the article C trend had that came out this week said that, uh, the team is not expected to get Hunter Green or Nick Lodolo back until before August. And that Ooh. sucks. Ooh. So did bad. That, did that come out today? Yesterday, I guess. Yesterday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was on the, it was in an article in the athletic. Um, but yeah, this sucks because I think that 
we see what this offense is. They're tremendous. You know, some points there are just games where they are just like literally just handing the bat to each other and saying like, you pick up what I just did. And it's so fun to watch. It's what you want. And I am confident when Green and Lodolo are back that this is a playoff team. I genuinely am. I think that those two are the real deal. I know Lodolo struggled before he got hurt. Um, but I really believe in those two. And they might get to the playoffs and get rocked. They're going to have that experience. And so I think that's what's going to be awesome. See, Zach, I thought that too. Um, and then that's what kind of, that's what Trent came out and said. So I'm hoping that that is just some mythical thing. But Trent's pretty tapped in, obviously, with the team. So um, it's going to be interesting to see. Sydney uh, has been every week on here saying that she wants Shohei Otani. If the Angels legitimately traded Shohei Otani and the Reds did not get him, I would be very, very upset. Uh, yeah, Luke Weaver, you know, he's kind of just abiding his time, right? Like, he kind of knows, like, look, when all these guys are healthy, I'm out of here. Uh, I saw there's rumors the Marlins might DFA Johnny Cueto. He has not looked very good. I don't know if I love the idea of current Johnny Cueto coming back to the big league team. Um, I love Johnny Cueto. Absolutely love him. I was all for it at the beginning of the year before he signed, like, in the offseason. Uh, I thought he looked really good for the White Sox last year, but I don't know if that's going to be the case. Marcus Stroman from the Cubs, Dylan Cease, those are guys I really think would be awesome to come here. Um, I don't want to give up too much in the prospects thing. I mentioned Reese Hines as a potential guy who could be moved in a Chapman deal a couple weeks ago, Sean, from the from Double A Chattanooga, and then all of a sudden he just like was hitting like home runs every other day. So I think uh, I might have jinxed Reese Hines into being really good. So uh, you're welcome, Reese. Uh, hopefully you help the Reds <laughs> out some way or another. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was on me, I guess. But yeah, this team definitely starting pitching needs to be better. Uh, we'll get into that at the end of the show. We'll get into the Baltimore stuff or who's pitching in those games. Um, and Zach, you, you know, people saying that. Uh, we can't be nostalgia blindness. As far as Cueto, yeah, I agree. You can't bring Cueto back because he was a red. Like the whole Bronson Arroyo thing, his last year, when he kind of came back and pitched for the team for the year, I was was way out of it. And I love Bronson. I think Bronson a thousand percent deserves this Reds Hall of Fame induction in a couple weeks. Uh, yeah, I don't want that Cueto. But Aroldis has been good. Like Aroldis as a as a guy who come in and face lefties, a setup for Alexis Diaz. I absolutely love the idea of it. Um, that's the only thing I'm getting at there, but Tim, I, Tim, I got to ask you real quick. Cause I know you've, you've brought this up on the show before, you know, a couple weeks back about, about Chapman coming, possibly coming back to the reds. Who do you give up in a deal like that for, for Chapman? I, if I'm doing it, you know, the Royals are probably going to ask for, you know, there's obviously a line that you don't cross. So sure. Marte Arroyo strand, Connor Phillips, those guys, they don't go, they don't go. Um, but I, you know, there's the Ivan Johnson's, there's the, you know, Matthew Nelson's, those guys who like, you're thinking more of that's what he's probably at in value as far as like that one year deal, you know, he's making a little, about a million and a half the rest of the year. That's the conversation I'm having. I'm not saying like you can have Reese Hines because I, I jinx Reese Hines to being a double A all-star. Uh, <laughs> so, but you think that, you think there is, there is a deal to be done? They they could, could get be that done. done. Okay. Sure, yeah, because I think the Royals are a situation where like the Royals are also really terrible at with their at their management of their organization. The fact the Royals have won a World Series in this century blows my mind because I feel like they're awful. Um, granted, Johnny Cueto did go there and win a World Series for half a year, so he was also really bad that half year in Kansas City. Um, God, that was like a lifetime ago. Remember the Cubs won the World Series? That was also a lifetime ago. Yeah, I I feel like baseball baseball is interesting that way. There's so many. It's so hard to be consistently good at baseball all the time and have that. But you have these weird years where the Royals win, or you know, like you said, the Cubs win, and it's you know, it's it's cool. To, man, even, can even, we just, can we just can we just get that? Can we yeah. get that? Even weirder, the year that the Royals won the series, they played the Mets. Oh, whoa! whoa. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, I forgot all. I forgot all about that year, man. 
Yeah. It was like one of those ones. I was like, what? What is going on? It was fun. It was a really fun yeah. year. Um, so City lists all these guys are hurt who are starters in the, in the system. Justin Dunn, Nicola Dolo, Hunter Green, Connor Overton, Derek Law, and Ben Lively. Sounds like Derek Law is going to be uh, pitching in Dayton for a couple days. So maybe I need to make a trip up to fifth third field. One of my favorite minor league stadiums. Uh, literally set up a thousand percent just like the Bat Stadium. So I assume they had the same architecture for that, but uh, that would be make a lot of sense for the Reds to reuse blueprints, right? Um, for sure. So yeah, this memorial is. Let's do it again, folks. Get the pitching. Get the pitching. Pitching. Get the pitching. Sydney brings up a good point. Mike Moustakis was on that Royals team. How about Mike Moustakis getting traded for the Angels at, like last night after the Angels had a 13-run inning on the Rockies? Did you see Whoa. this? Dude. No. Yeah. So check this out. Last night, I think the score was like, at one point, I looked at my phone on the MLB app, and it was 23 to nothing. Whoa. Yeah. So the Angels literally had a 13 run inning against the Rockies, not a game, <laughs> an inning. What was the, what was the final score? Less I saw was 23, nothing. Let me pull it up real quick because now I'm curious. Yeah. Did, uh, they, did they get a run in that at all? If not, that's terribly sad. This well, was like against was, the Rockies. Yeah. Oh, was, those poor guys. Yeah. yeah. No one wants to be a pitcher in Colorado. Shout out Jeff Francis for doing it so long. That was like so impressive. Uh, da, 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 da. 25 to one was the final. Wow. Wow. I don't, I don't know what you do in a situation like that. When you you're pitching in an inning like that at that point, I mean, not great. I'm trying to see how many pitchers the Rockies use. Oh, wow. Got to give them credit. They only use four pitchers the whole game. Those dudes, well, they were like, you're going to just have to eat up these innings and whatever happens, happens. Uh, they had a guy, their third pitcher. Uh, that came in the game. His name is uh, Noah Davis. Noah Davis actually started against the Reds, I think, in a game. He went three innings, gave up nine earned runs, 11 hits. Yeah, Chase Anderson, former Red, two and two-thirds innings. He started the game. Nine earned runs, 10 hits, two walks, a strikeout, and three home runs. And Sean, would you believe me if I told you that uh, Shohei Otani did not have a good game in this game for the Angels? You know, the greatest player in the world. Yeah, he went, yeah. He went, he went one for seven. Well, sometimes it's everybody else, you know. Yeah. They didn't need him. They didn't need him to perform. He, <laughs> no. could, he could have taken the whole night off, man. Yeah. That's, uh, that is an incredible score at the end of a game. Just unbelievable. Was it was it at the Rocky Stadium? Yeah, I was in Coors, so oh, oh, yeah. that's disappointing. That's sad. Yeah, just so so crazy. Oh yeah, Noah <laughs> Davis was a Reds pick. <laughs> they only legalized weed in Colorado to help a little bit the pain of being Rockies fans. That's incredible. That was good, Zach. So this year the Nuggets won the NBA championship, and they're like, "This is great," but we still have the Broncos and the Rockies. And they just put their hands in their pockets and they're like, okay. So, yeah, we talked about that quite a bit on our other show. Um, community question this week was a really fun one. Normally, I I have like a little, like I have just enough to make slides of everyone's answers who gave me really good ones. But, dude, there were so many here that I had to collage it. I had to like, because like every, like I brought the names I saw more than once were the people I, I had to put in here. But the question this week was, um, if you could take anyone from Reds past and put them on the 2023 Reds, who would it be and why? And these were the names I saw the most, but I got plenty of other names. So Luis Castillo was mentioned four or five times, obviously was just a part of the team last year. God, could they use him right now? Um, but yeah. you know, the haul they got for him in that Seattle trade, you do that 10 times out of 10. Uh, I talked about Johnny Cueto earlier. Current Johnny Cueto, no, I wouldn't want. Red's Johnny Cueto, yes. Give me that all the time, all day, every day. Um, John Alski, who we met at the game yesterday, one of my good buddies. He brought, he mentioned Devin Mezzarocco. Devin's been on the show before. Um, Nate said Jay Bruce, uh, Nate Dotson. So I had to make sure I gave him some love. But of course, anytime someone says King Griffey Jr., I've got to highlight it because he's my favorite athlete of all time. So 
you know, of course, Griffey was mentioned two or three times, so I had to put him in here. And I think about like, could you imagine like Ellie De La Cruz hitting in front of Ken Griffey Jr.? Oh, God. Oh. I mean, that's what my diamond. Face. That's yeah. that's what my diamond <laughs> dynasty team looks like in MLB The Show. Yeah. But in real life, oh, Sean, you also could have a team like that in Diamond Dynasty and MLB The Show. There it is. There it yeah. is. Someone in the chat already told said you need to buy it. So I know, I know, guys, yeah. I'm I'm gonna get it. You're not gonna. Get it's it. gonna happen. Yeah, no, I. It's gonna happen. Don't don't shake your head. It's gonna happen, and then I'm gonna be like, look, I got it, and you're gonna be like, finally, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, you know, if I'm thinking about the current team, if I'm being realistic, Griffey would be fun for the sake of, you can have a designated hitter, um, but probably not the biggest of the team's need. Um, so I think I would probably go, you know, I would probably go, uh, Jose Rio was a fun one. A bunch of people named too. I just couldn't fit him on the slide. Oh. You know, okay. he would have been like really small underneath Griffey there. But Jose Aria would be awesome. Um, I think I would probably go. I would probably go Luis Castillo just because he's probably the best Reds pitcher I've seen in my lifetime. Besides, you know, probably Johnny I, I Cueto. Think, I think they could use him more than anyone right now. <laughs> yeah. Any of these guys like like immediate need. If we're talking immediate need, he would fill that. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Uh, Queda would be awesome. Tom Seaver would be terrific, obviously. Um, hold on. What is this I'm seeing in the chat about Tanner Roark and Arby's? Wait, a did I miss something here? Do I not know this story? I'm unfamiliar. I am definitely unfamiliar. Someone's going to have to fill me in. I'll just play the, play the comment and I'll read it. So uh, the bench one was really funny because that's definitely just nostalgia talking uh, where people are like, you know, that's like me being like, I would love to have Joe Morgan, but it's like, okay, where did Matt McClain and Jonathan India play at that point? And I'm like, I don't know, but I'd love to have Joe Morgan because yes. I freaking love Joe Morgan. Um, he's the man. But, oh my God, I forgot about that. Okay, I forgot he got traded while he was in Arby's. <laughs> was that when he got traded to the Reds when the Reds traded him to Oakland? I can't remember the details. But yeah, that's awesome. Um, so yeah, Joseph, it was Mike Leak that swapped shirts from a Macy's, um, which was like the funniest story of all time at the moment. Um, what's some other goofy red stuff that's happened? Um, okay, so it was when he's traded to Oakland. City clarified that for me. Perfect. Um, I remember. God, there have been some goofy red stings like. I remember Brandon Phillips like getting like arrested, but like released really quickly for speeding with his mom in the car during twenty the twenty ten season. I remember that. I yeah, remember that. I don't know if I have that detail one hundred percent accurate, so I'm gonna go ahead and put allegedly in front of that. Uh, the Tommy Pham fight <laughs> is an all timer. The fact that he apparently went and slapped Jake, uh, Jack Peterson in the outfield last year for holding a guy on the IR in fantasy football is amazing. That's incredible. Wow, wow. Oh, man. I remember Todd Frazier gave someone the Heimlich maneuver to save their life when they were in Pittsburgh. That Whoa. was like crazy. Never heard that story. That's a good one. Yeah. Dude, if we talk about like City brings up the Puig fight, if we talk about like the Amir Garrett fight is like the greatest thing of all time. Like, first off, he fought the Pirates, who, you know, I, I would fight the Pirates, as we know, guys. I would lose, but um worst City Connect jersey? The Pirates, right? I mean, Looks like the guy drew it on like an etch a sketch. <laughs> we were walking in the stadium yesterday, and that was like one of his first comments. We were talking about city city jerseys, and like I'm like, man, anytime he can throw some dirt on the city of Pittsburgh, mm -hmm. Tim's gonna be your guy. He's gonna be your guy, and he's gonna do it. And he's gonna be so confident that he's right about it that it's it's that's what makes him great. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because uh, the people in front of us were wearing the Brave City Connect. And we were talking yeah. about like, I, I, they look so cool. Yeah. I love, I yeah. love that. I love that Braves color scheme. Um, I don't know if I speak for everybody here before we kind of get to the last two segments, but I do want to make sure I, I say like, I've been going to Reds games my whole life and I've seen plenty of teams have other fan bases come into town. 
I've been to so many Reds Braves games. Braves fans are great. They're like really fun and they're really nice. And this year we didn't hear that stupid chop the whole like thing now. I guess maybe it's outlawed, hopefully. Um, while we're at it, we should out all the wave. But, you know, that's a kind of a conversation for another time. Um, but Congress, if you're listening, let me know how I can get a petition started to outlaw the wave. But Brace fans are great. Like every time they've been in town, I've like had Brace fans sit around me and they've all been nice or like they've been like a family who just they're like checking out the ballpark, seeing our team. I actually really like them. They're like a lot yeah. of fun. Well, I didn't I didn't see them like storming out of the stadium on Saturday talking talking smack to everybody nope. either. Like, you know, I've been to games. We, we talked about this on Saturday while we we're at the game. And it's like I've I've been to games where the Cardinals fans have been there and it, it hasn't been exactly the same situation. Yeah. I miss like when the Cubs were awful and they'd come in and win like a Wednesday night game here. And um so many like, Cubs fans here. Jesus. We'd be like, yeah, but like you guys didn't win a World Series for a hundred years, and now we don't have that anymore. So it's like, ah, shit. So yeah, shoot, shoot, shoot. I'm never. Yeah. I'm not gonna last long with this whole thing. No, you're not. You're not. We're gonna have to get you a swear jar. I know. Let's be fined. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about the week coming up. Um, I'm really excited for this Baltimore Orioles series because. It's kind of like I said, it's kind of the mirror image of the Reds where they brought up a bunch of their young prospects um, and just started winning. And it's like being competitive right away. So, you know, uh, Gunnar Henderson's one of my favorite players. Adley Rushman is like a guy I've been collecting baseball cards for for four years because I just knew he was going to be incredible. Um, so I love this Orioles team. Uh, my wife's family has ties to Baltimore. Um, I think I told you this. My wife's family lived in the same neighborhood as Cal Ripken and Johnny Unitas in Baltimore. Oh, wow. So that's kind of cool. Um, so, you know, the series, so you got Brandon Williamson against Cole Irvin. Uh, left-handed pitching against the Reds. Give it to me every night. I will take it. Uh, yeah, Jordan Westbrook's coming up tomorrow for the Orioles. He's their number one prospect now that they've had these guys move up. Uh, Andrew Abbott and Tyler Wells, that's going to be fun. Two young dudes who are just really, really good and figuring out how to be major league pitchers and kicking butt while they do it. I'm, I'm stoked for that series. I'm stoked for that matchup on Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday, you got Luke Weaver against Kyle Gibson. Kyle Gibson kind of like this guy who's always seems so close to putting it together and just being awesome. Like his Minnesota years, I thought he was going to be incredible. I thought he was going to be Johan Santana and he has not been, um, but he's been good now. So Friday, when they come home for the Padres on the City Connection. So don't forget, if you have tickets for the game Friday, it is at five o'clock. It is at five o'clock, five ten first pitch to be exact because of Taylor Swift. So do not make the mistake of showing up to the ballpark at 640. I'm sure you knew this already, but I just want to make sure I'm doing my right things. Um Graham Ashcraft against Michael Waka, the old Cardinal who used to kick our butt. Uh, he's kind of in town. Um, Saturday, that hasn't been announced yet, but if it goes in the current rotation, it'll be Levi Stout against Seth Lugo. Lugo's been really good. Then Sunday, you got Brandon Williamson against Hugh Darvish. I'll be there Sunday, so if anyone wants to uh, wants to go. Sydney has a ticket Friday if anyone, to, to the Reds game or to Taylor Swift. I'm trying to figure this out. Uh, we'll get to that here before we get out of here. Um, but I wanted to make sure I, I had to do a personal moment here and give a shout out um, because Tuesday, the game I met Sydney. Uh, okay. She's got Sydney's got a ticket to the Reds game. If anyone wants to get it from her so she can avoid the Taylor Swift crowd. Um, I totally get it. It's going to be a bloodbath. <sighs> going to be crazy. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Tuesday, Grace and I got to take our daughter, Iris, who, to her very first Reds game. And it was so cool. It was awesome. It was like the best, like one of my all-time favorite dad moments where uh, we're in the stadium. Like I'm wearing the whole like thing, like the whole like Carlos from the hangover thing, you know, where the baby's like sitting on your chest. And uh, just watching my daughter, who's like taking it all in and just kind of like looking around like this is so where am I? What is this place? And then uh, my wife went and fed my daughter 
and the, 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 the nursing mom section. She had so many compliments, how cool it was and how neat it was. So that was awesome. Um, but getting to kind of like share that experience with my daughter, who I know will definitely never remember that, but getting it, definitely you know, in her, not <laughs> getting it in her system, right? That like, as she gets older and she goes to games, she's going to know this is part of like growing up with me being her dad. Um, it was, it was so cool. It was so, so awesome. And they won. And when they won and Will Benson hits the home run, she's sleeping and slept through all the fireworks and slept through everything. She didn't wake up until we got to our car. So that was kind of funny. That's um, what babies do, man. They I have super, they have superpowers. They can sleep through fireworks. Yeah. And then they just teleport. They're, they're back home and they're like, what happened? Was that all a dream? <laughs> so my birthday is the 24th of July. So that's Sunday before we're going to the Diamondbacks game and we're taking her again. Uh, so hopefully she's a uh, two and oh at that point because the Diamondbacks are really freaking good too. Um, but with that being said, this was another fun edition of Late Night Reds uh, here on the Riverfront. I got to make sure I shout it again. If you're not part of the Riverfront Patreon, patreon.com slash Cincy, couple bucks a month. You can hang on our Slack channel and it's a blast during Reds games or just, you know, I'm sure when I check it after this, it's going to be wild. Uh, but we have a great time in there just kind of talking about everything. Um, movies, collectibles fantasy baseball the reds the Bengals, like we talked about it all in there so take some time to do that if you can it's a lot of fun uh if you're listening to us on whatever app of choice um be sure to give us that nice solid five star review uh subscribe to us on youtube make sure you let us know your twitter handle so you can be entered in the contest to maybe win some tickets to the giants game on the 18th of july uh and sean thanks for doing this man it was it was fun to have man. you on Thank you for having me on, man. I, I really appreciate it. This is uh, this, this is just such a great community on here. I can just tell you guys are are all in right now, and it's just an exciting time. And and uh, congrats to all the fans, man. Yeah, this is cool. All right, guys, so we're going to go wrap up this week's edition of Late Night Reds. Have a good week. I'll see you next Sunday. Get the pitching. See you, everybody.